Welcome to the Sales Talent Recruitment Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the CPSA Recruitment and Talent Podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today? Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Ashley Kirkland, I work for an organization called Sage People. We provide a full hire to retire solution built natively on the Salesforce platform to help manage talent for organizations. I've actually been in the HR technology space um, as a sales individual for the last 10 years and um, have another probably 10 years prior to that selling other technology and solutions, not specifically to HR, but yes very passionate about HR and all things that relate to it and sales because I'm a salesperson. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. And what we're going to talk about uh, in this brief podcast today is really all about succession planning when it comes to your sales teams. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. So from your perspective, Ashley, and your experience, what, what should, are the initial considerations for HR and sales managers in determining their bench strength and replacing that turnover? Yeah, so I think probably the knee-jerk reaction uh, for companies that I've worked for in the past um, as an employee, and certainly folks that I talk to um, many times today, is that your top-performing rep, by default, should probably take over um, a sales management role so they can try to replicate their success to other individuals. From both experience personally and professionally um, working with other clients, that's really not always the case. It, it, it really, I found a lot of times your, your leading salespeople don't always make the best sales managers. Really, what I feel like and, and what the, the, I'd say is kind of trending is like you're looking for leadership qualities. So it's not just that an individual can sell the deal, that they can run a sales process. Of course, that's grossly important, but you really need to look for people that are, you know, team leaders in the role that they're on now. Are they, you know, reaching out to other reps, helping them with issues, helping develop maybe their sales development reps that are supporting lead gen? Um, are, are they really going above and beyond in trying to create success for the overall sales team and not just themselves? Um, oftentimes your top performers and we need them and we need them to be this way. Um, they tend to be pretty singularly focused on their own success. So you need to find somebody that gets it, can really do the sales process thoroughly, build good rapport with customers so that can be developed in new folks, but they also have to be team players and, and really have a spirit of putting other people before themselves like their team. Absolutely. And, and I, in my experience, I found that usually, and this is not always the case because there's always exceptions to the rule in the world of work, sure. here, but usually those who are the most top tier stellar salespeople are very much 
they're they're laser focused on what they do and that's closing deals right and right and and, and even though they and may, maybe a hint of impatience perhaps sometimes cor- oh, absolutely, uh, with their sense right. of urgency you need that to be high to you know be an animal and close big deals but you do need patience to manage people you do um, and and yeah. those and there are those individuals that maybe are have you know middle of the road performance they can close deals they make they make their their numbers every quarter potentially but you do like you as you were pointing out they they do seem to have these um inspirational skills of 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 really getting the team pumped up and focused yeah. on closing their deals and maybe it, it's helping too but another part of this equation though is that, and you know this because you work in greater teams, when you're focused on mid-market and, and enterprise, not so much on the small business side, which um, I want to talk a little bit more about too, that can be done more individually. But when, you, when, the, when you're focusing on more complex sales, even, even if it's a small organization, but a more complex sale, in, like in the business that you are at Sage now, there are, other, there are multiple individuals that are involved in that deal, correct? Absolutely. Totally a team sport totally a team sport yeah. so many people by the time we cross something um at sage and um other companies that i've worked with that are you know selling software into the uh, mid-market enterprise space no short of like 15 20 folks that are like on the thank you list when you actually get something across the finish line and everybody plays a critical role and it's probably going to vary that the scott the size and the scope of the team depending on who you're targeting and what industries that you focus on in particular but let's get back to reviewing and look, taking a look at your current, your individuals that, you know, you want to make sure that you have those individuals in place six, nine, 12 months down the road. When it comes to reviewing our, our folks, especially salespeople um, in, in this particular context, how often should these performance reviews be conducted and, and what should they entail? Now, I'm asking you this because we both know in this yeah. space, there's been a lot of talk for a few for years now about doing away with the annual performance review and having more process. And, and I'm, I'm on board <laughs> with that. It sounds like you are too. So tell us what you think. Yeah. Okay. So um, you hit a, you hit a, a sweet and evangelical spot in my heart. So I could not be a, a bigger advocate for whether you're calling it ongoing performance and feedback or agile um, is a bit of a buzzword that they borrowed from software development. But particularly in sales, I think it's super relevant. And here's why. Most sales organizations, if they're doing it right, are having weekly one-on-ones, right? Your manager's sitting down, y'all are going through your pipeline, you're looking at your numbers, seeing how they can help. I think there's another conversation that could could be had that isn't always being had. And that's what does that individual need from the organization? What are their goals? What do they want to do? Future state. And how can we, you know, maybe even leverage technology, plug for stage people, but you know, there's tons of solutions out there, but that can really be the centralized spot when we have those one-on-ones to make sure that we are understanding not only what's important about, you know, where are we at towards quota for the month or the quarter, but what are we doing to develop this individual into a role that they want to move into, right? And so understanding what they want and then maybe backing into what the gaps are between what they're trying to achieve and the skills that they have today, and then really starting to let that one-on-one be an ongoing agile conversation that includes how are we going to develop our next leaders 
and what are we going to do? Who do we need to get them in contact with to really get them any skills that they don't have today or they need to refine? Um, so when the time comes, they're completely prepared to take over the team. Do you have an example that you can share? And you don't have to name the customer name, but with the work that you're all doing at Sage, uh, that, that kind of relates to this theme that you were just outlining and why the importance of continuous uh, feedback and ongoing improvement. Do, do you have an example you can share with us? I absolutely do. Um, I have tons of examples. They're not all sales, but I'll use. So everything that I just said, I, that is not isolated to sales. I just need to say that. Right. That really should be happening across every organization, every department. If they're doing it well, that is what we need for people to stay engaged and retained, period. You have to understand what they want. But a good use case for sales, yes, several customers. We've got one individual. I, I don't think I should say their name. I haven't asked permission, but we've got one individual customer that, you know, they basically um, were doing the regular run of the mill weekly one-on-ones. We use Salesforce. So many organizations do, but whatever your CRM is, let's go in, let's look at your pipeline. Let's try to figure out, you know, where you're at. Are your close dates accurate? Clean it up. You know, how's the ACB, all of those things. So they started taking that data and migrating that directly into the performance management module of our solution and had that feed KPIs that are important. So you could be tracking against that, but then there's additional layers that they've added on for the individual person's goals. And then when it gets really sophisticated, this one particular client then starts to tie things like perform, not performance management, learning management. So if you see gaps, maybe there's a course that we can put them in. Maybe there's a course we can assign them to. And, you know, maybe the next time we check in, not on our one-on-one, but, you know, do a, a, a deeper dive into performance management, you know, next quarter, you know, you gave the employees some takeaways that they could go do, maybe self-service, maybe not. Maybe you assigned them action items like going and meeting with uh, other individual sales leaders that you've identified, not only through sales, but through performance management that are doing a really good job. And how could that individual kind of mentor the person that you have identified as a potential successor to move into leadership? And you can really kind of house like all of that data in a singular place, in a singular view, and understand how an individual is not only tracking from a sales basis, but their own development. And, you know, continue to foster and keep them engaged and keep them getting the things that they need so when it's time to turn the key, they can turn the key. This one organization, so it took them several months. It was kind of a crawl walk run approach. They didn't go full bore with everything, but um, they were kind of shocked. Like in everybody, I think knows about the nine box. We kind of developed the nine box around specifically for sales and, and doing a hybrid of not just performance and sales, but some of these leadership qualities and coaching abilities and um, some other things that are important. Like, you know, they do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. And the people that started surfacing in the upper right hand corner weren't necessarily the people that HR or the leaders in sales thought they would be. Um, and, it, and it was a really exciting thing to 
be a part of and um, really help them open their eyes about, oh my gosh, I never thought that Bob was really, you know, A, interested in even leading a sales team or B, that he was doing all of these great things. And they were collecting feedback from other um, individuals and kind of funneling that into the assessment as well. So they were, you know, surveying his peers, uh, colleagues on the sales team, but also outside people with marketing. How well is he working with marketing? How well is he working with his sales development rep? You know, is he helping his sales development rep do things to develop into a sales role? Um, because that's typically the path that those individuals want to go into. Um, and once they started kind of combining all of this data, they were getting visibility that they didn't have before, and it's completely changed the game for them, completely. Thank you for listening to the Sales Talent and Recruitment Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.